Welcome, everyone, to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 128, and we're talking about casting anime characters in The Office. We're going to try not to spoil anything, so I think maybe light spoilers for this episode. Spoilers for The Office? I guess so, yeah. Or the anime (laughs) that we're referencing. We'll try to explain why we picked the characters we picked for those Office characters without spoiling anything for the anime or I guess for the office. That's that's the we're going to do our best. We'll see how it goes. But before we get into that, I want to start off with some really exciting news um or I guess more of a celebratory news for us here at Strictly Anime because the week that this episode goes live is the week that we're celebrating our 3-year anniversary as a podcast. Oh damn. Yes, I'm so excited. Happy anniversary to us. I know. I'm so excited we made it to the three-year point. Um, Our actual anniversary is March 1st. And yeah, it just makes me think back to when we started this podcast in 2020. In a closet. In a closet. (laughs) (laughs) In our closet full of clothes because that was the best place we had soundproofing with all of the clothing padding the walls. Now we have an actual room dedicated to our podcast setup with... They're not soundproofing panels, right? They're like noise reducing panels. Yeah. I Sound don't really muffling know how, yeah, panels. Yeah. It just kind of absorbs or disperses the sound. I don't I don't know. I'm not an audio engineer. But Ho- hopefully it makes things sound better for you guys. We've got and then, yeah, the the mics, of course. Yeah, we've got nicer mics um that we bought what, like last year or something like that? No, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. yeah. A nice table. So we've got a, a decent setup. I feel like we've come a long way in the last three years, not only in the way we do our podcast, but our Strictly series community, our Strictly series fam, both here at Strictly Anime and at Strictly JoJo. We've had a ton of growth over the last year for Strictly Anime, which is amazing. Um, We have a ton of members in our Discord now. So if you're not a member, we encourage you to join because there's a lot of great people over there. And yeah, we're just, I don't know, we're so lucky to have a really good uh, community of listeners and supporters who motivate us to keep doing this every single day because I love podcasting and talking about anime and I'm glad that people like listening. Yeah, it's crazy that we've been doing this for three years, but I'm also just as glad that our family, our podcast family continues to grow even as our own little family continues to grow. So just wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been listening to us for the past three years, or even those of you who have just joined us, or this might be your first episode. Thank you as well. Um, it, it's just been a great experience, a great journey on Strictly series for both Strictly Anime and Strictly JoJo, and hopefully there's many more years of it. Yes. Thank you guys so much. I echo everything that Carl said. We really appreciate it. Um, I know we we thank you guys often, but we mean it every single time, and we we just we love feeling the love and we love sharing the love and being able to do this as you know our our hobby and and as something that we can tie directly into our passion and our love for anime we're we're so thankful so thank you everybody for your support over the last 3 years here's to another year maybe even another 3 years let's hope um it's going to be it's going to be great especially with our big life change of starting a family and having a baby soon I think there's a lot of exciting things in store for Strictly Anime and a lot of things that we can keep you guys posted on along the way. 
maybe there'll be a guest on our show. <laughs> yeah, a baby cooing and babbling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel like we're not really going to talk about anime per se in this episode, but I guess, you know, just to inject a little bit more anime discussion, uh, one thing that I've been watching recently and kind of foregoing all the, the, the seasonal shows that are currently going on right now is that I've been re-watching Attack on Titan, the final season, both part one and two, although right now I'm still in part one. But I got to say, I blazed through those episodes pretty quickly. Um, so Welcome to the world of binge watching. Yeah, I'm kind of <laughs> patting myself on the back for that. Uh, what did I just... I, I went through the first 12 episodes of part one. So I think I have four more to go. And then jumping into part two, which has 12 episodes, I'm hoping to wrap up my rewatch by the time the part three, part one comes out, um, which I think by the time this episode releases will be the end of this week. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, we did our Attack on Titan retrospectives for seasons one through three. And I think that really helped out a lot with this rewatch. Because when we first started the final season, we hadn't rewatched Attack on Titan prior to that. And so a lot of us trying to find the callbacks to previous episodes was based on research. Uh, but like having done our rewatches and our retrospectives, again, it, it informed a lot going into this rewatch. Because now I realize, I mean, I, I know what's happening, like... I still loathe Gabby from the beginning of the final season, part one, but I understand like now where she's coming from and a lot of things that I picked up from her dialogue that I didn't realize had impact or like had callbacks to previous parts. Uh, so it's as with watching any aspect of Attack on Titan in hindsight, it's been really rewarding and yeah. It just makes me really excited for the final season, part three, parts one and two. Yeah, I agree. I'm not rewatching the final season with you, but having rewatched seasons one through three for our Attack on Titan retrospective episodes was really valuable. There were so many things that I didn't like completely forget had happened, but I just didn't actively remember because it had been years and years and years since I had seen those episodes. But then rewatching it, I was like, oh shit, that's right, that did happen. Or oh shit, that's right, that, that person did say that. And it was just really cool to relive that experience and refresh our memory in preparation for what's to come on March 4th or maybe 3rd, depending on where you're at in the world. And speaking of which, it's a good time to share another reminder about our Attack on Titan special event. I know in some previous episodes we had talked about bringing back that special event weekly because we thought that there were going to be weekly episodes of Attack on Titan, the final season, part three? Part one. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is now. Um, but with the announcement that the Attack on Titan premiere that's coming up on March 4th, um, or March 3rd, depending on where you're at in the world, is only going to be a single hour-long special episode. We're going to still bring back Attack on Titan special event on Strictly Anime, but that will also be a single episode that will premiere March 8th, and we're going to talk about everything that was involved, everything that was shown in that one-hour special. Man, I'm getting hyped all over again. 
even though it's an hour special, but I just hope that it's packed with a lot of content. And from the the initial trailer that came out for part one, um, it looks like it's going to be a, a pretty wild episode. So help me God. If the first part of that one hour special is a recap, I will fucking freak out. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I know how much I hate recaps in general, but there have been other quote unquote special episodes that have come out for other anime where the first half was recap. I can't handle it. We are we are in the end game for Attack on Titan. Please don't let it be a recap. I don't care if it's a one hour special instead of a bunch of episodes, as long as it's not recap. Yeah, they should do a like previously on Attack on Titan. I know they don't do that often for anime just because the episodes come out weekly and they're only 20 minutes um and you know people in our society today like binging is a thing but streaming is a thing you can go back and watch it on demand now right i I would hope at the very least they just have that short recap kind of like what jojo did for for the netflix episodes um but yeah i mean hopefully it's not 55 minutes of recap and then five minutes of what happens next. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I will be so mad. That's uh, The whole special event episode on Strictly Anime will just be me venting about that. But regardless, we're going to be back with Attack on Titan special event March 8th. Tune in if you're an Attack on Titan fan, and we'll talk all about the one-hour special. So now let's talk about The Office which is not an anime. It does have one anime reference, which is actually a hentai reference. And it's a deleted scene. It's a deleted scene. Well, no, no. There are, there's another anime reference that is featured in The Office. and Is it Dwight's t-shirt? Yeah, from season one, <laughs> when they're, the basketball episode where it's, I forget what anime convention um, is on the t-shirt. I think it's made up, but it implies that he attended an anime convention yeah that's right so there are two anime references in the office that one and then the deleted scene where uh stanley says that hentai is art yeah <laughs> it's it's <laughs> i'm kind of sad that it got deleted but the fact that it still lives on in the deleted scenes is great so at least there's that tie-in with the office but some of some of you may be wondering why the office why this particular topic and actually Carl, you came up with this idea. Yeah. I think this started off as an idea for the pre-shows that we offer as bonus episodes for our Patreon subscribers. For bonus content. Yes, bonus content that we offer for our Patreon subscribers. Because we also do have bonus episodes separate <laughs> from pre-shows. <laughs> right. So if, if you're not a member of our Patreon, please, please join us. The link is in the description below. Uh, but yeah, this started off as a pre-show idea, but I think we discussed it a little bit and we thought it would be better to do as a full-fledged episode especially because like (laughs) this is this probably sounds cliche and i know saying that this sounds cliche sounds cliche (laughs) who who said that oh damn it you're gonna put me on the spot now i can't remember (laughs) wait 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 I can't remember. I can't remember, <laughs> which is terrible because I remember all the random lines from the yeah, office. Like, what the Jerry Trupiano? Jerry Trupiano. <laughs> he was a tall guy. But as as you can tell, it was Pam, by the way, who said that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, as you can tell from these random quotes, we both love The Office very much. Probably not as much as our love of anime, uh, but it's one of the things that w- we both really, really enjoy. I think actually I kind of brought you 
into the office. Yeah, not literally, but... <laughs> or like it brought you into watching the show. Yeah, because I, I was kind of lukewarm about it. I had seen clips and episodes, you know, when we were younger and it was airing, but I had never gotten into it. And you, you like convinced me, just give it a chance. You you know my type of humor. Just like JoJo, <laughs> give it a chance. You, you know my type of humor and you knew that I would enjoy it and I... I did, and I love it, and I still do love it. And now we watch it like in the background. It's a great mm-hmm. background show because there's no music. It's just like people talking and doing things. Um, so it's it's like not intrusive when you're trying to like multitask. So yeah, we have it on all the time, like all the time. Which I'm sure is the same story for many people out in the world because yeah, the office has just become this this phenomenon. I think that was born out of the the early dawn of, of, of streaming services, and that's what's helped it keep its staying power. Um, and, and also, you know, because we, we both work corporate jobs, so we can identify really well with the characters on the show and some of the stuff that they go through, as well as like the, the hijinks and their own little stories peppered throughout the series. We did attend the office pop-up event in chicago what like a couple of years back what was it called like the official name it was like the office experience, experience. yeah mm-hmm. it was really cool um it was like a full-fledged like not exhibit but an event that like was in chicago for a little while and it basically recreated many of the sets and um like scenes from mm-hmm. the office most notably the office itself. We have pictures sitting at like Michael's desk or at Pam's desk at the the you know the reception. reception. Yeah. yeah. Um and it was it was cool. It was very well done and you could tell that they wanted to give the fans like a really cool experience where you could immerse yourself as much as possible in a show that is so beloved. Yeah, it was crazy. It was just like walking into the Dunder Mifflin Scranton office and just seeing the reception desk as you come in and then Michael's desk on the left and then the bullpen where everyone sits. Um, It was kind of surreal, like I was in the show. Uh, But yeah, I ended up getting, uh, one of the souvenirs that they offered was the world's best boss mug that Michael uses. And so I, I used that on the daily to drink coffee or tea. I don't have it with me right now. That would have this would have been the perfect opportunity for that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's fun having that that nice piece of office history. And we assume if you're tuning into this episode that you are also an office fan, which is awesome. Or maybe you're not an office fan, but you want to listen to some of the characters that we picked for some of the characters in the office. And if you're not a fan of The Office, we highly recommend watching it or giving it a shot because it's a really funny show. But either way, we're excited to talk about what anime characters we chose to cast in the roles of the main characters of The Office. Before we do that, though, um, what was your approach to how you chose these characters, these anime characters for these Office characters? It was basically trying to match up personalities or even like storylines, <laughs> I have some really, I would consider them interesting choices for some of the characters on the show. Um, so not, yeah, it's not necessarily that they they look the same <laughs> as their as their real life counterparts because I, I doubt there's an anime character that looks exactly like Michael Scott. But 
Is that the same approach that you took? Yes, actually, I took the exact same approach. I didn't match them up or cast these anime characters based on appearances. Not necessarily, anyway. Some of them may match up, um, but for the most part, what I focused on was do they act similar? Do they behave similar? And do they give off the same energy? I think energy was the biggest thing for me because I would look at an anime character and I'm like, yeah, this person has gym energy or this person has Toby energy. So I was like, that that's kind of my angle. Um, but some of these were kind of hard. Like they were really mm-hmm. difficult to pick. So some of my picks might be out there. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of appearances though, um, I, I did stumble upon actually really recently, so it was almost serendipitous. Uh, there was an Instagram, I think it's an Instagram artist account uh, by the name of Brogio, who actually created versions of the characters of The Office as if they appeared in an anime. Um, so maybe while you're listening along to this, we'll, we'll share a link to this post in the Discord of the collection of the office characters that have been animified um so maybe that gives you (laughs) it can get you kind of set in the mood for picturing the office as an anime and yeah a lot of these are really spot on i'm looking at it right now yeah they're pretty good they kind of (laughs) the andy one is like obviously the most like caricaturish yeah (laughs) i kind of get like a mix of anime but also like DC Marvel type of vibes. Yeah. Like if you were to mesh the two of them. So it still has like that Americanized feel, but definitely has like anime influence. These are really good though. I like these. These are, I'm like scrolling through them right now. Um, Wait, where's the Angela one? Oh, because you can only post a certain amount. Mm-hmm. So oh. it, yeah, and the, the first picture in the, I guess, collection, I don't know what you call this, um, you have small snippets of some of the characters that they drew. Uh, but Who the hell is that in the lower left of the first picture? Um, is, that, that's, is that supposed to be Ryan? Hell no, that doesn't look like Ryan. Yeah, they give is Ryan a Is it David Wallace? Bit. I don't know. No, because David Wallace would be wearing uh, glasses. Because Jan is up there in the second row. Mm-hmm. And I can tell Angela's in the first row. Who I was going to say that? Gabe, but I don't think this touches upon any of the later characters after the Saber Is it merger. Danny Cord- Cordray or whatever? No, because he was also <laughs> after the Saber merger. I only say it's Ryan because Ryan in the first couple of seasons doesn't wear a suit jacket. Oh, that's true. But yeah, they That's make... way too uh, generous yeah. of a picture for Ryan. <laughs> But yeah, like Carl said, we'll share links to these in the Discord. So if you're not a member, the link to join is in the episode description. And now it's time to talk about who we casted. So you came up with this order. It's kind of like in ascending order. Is that right? Descending order (laughs) of Um, character. I hate to say importance, but like really from like minor to major characters. Yeah. So almost like uh, descending yeah, would it be descending? no ascending because we're going ascending. from minor to major? Yeah, like based on who has the biggest starring role in the show. So we have fifteen characters that we listed. 
We were um, going to add more, but we figured we'd top it off at 50. <laughs> yeah. Because there are a lot of characters in the <laughs> office. <laughs> I mean, there are, always, there are a lot of characters in any anime. Look at my hero. But yeah, um, we, yeah we decided just to do, I guess, the quote-unquote original 15 employees. So these would cover, I believe, seasons one through four. So we're not including anyone... Um, Basically, we're not including anyone that appeared after the Charles Minor <laughs> arc. Or also, like, there's a character that appears throughout those couple seasons that we had to omit. Um, but, yeah, we figured the ones that we see most often in the first three seasons of The Office. And as always, we don't know who the other person picked. We love to keep these things a mystery so that you're getting our, our true reactions to some of these choices. But do you want to kick us off with the first person on the list? Yeah. Um, so we'll start off with the employee who is in Quabity Ashuance. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my one of my favorite characters on the show, and that is Creed Bratton. Ooh, Creed. He's so fun. That's his real name too, isn't it, Creed? Yeah, that's the real actor's name so this is like a fictionalized version of himself i forget what his he mentions his actual name on the show uh, but then he changed it at some point to creed bratton uh william charles schneider is his birth name oh what the fuck (laughs) yeah and he incorporated that into the show itself of like why he changed it to creed bratton uh but yeah so you want me to read off mine first sure i went with Chairman Netro from Hunter Hunter. Really? So this one is actually, I guess this one's kind of based on appearance because they're both like scrawny old men. I was actually thinking about doing Netro as well, but mm-hmm. he's so capable. Like he's so strong mm-hmm. and like I think I think highly intelligent, just not like on the surface. He likes to hide that he's highly intelligent. So that's why I was like, is that Creed energy? But I can still see that because I feel like Netro has some like quirks about him that make him like one of those questionable old men, (laughs) kind of like how Creed is. Yeah, I I just look at them as both. I didn't didn't consider the intelligence part for Netro, but I I looked at both characters as, (laughs) I guess, elder, like senior, but also just very sage individuals, (laughs) right? Because they kind of give off that aura of, like like psychedelic in a way, but then also just goofy, right? I'm thinking specifically to the scene in Hunter Hunter, one of the first, like part of the first couple episodes where uh, Netro is playing like that kickball thing with Kilua. Or Were he, they playing tag? Oh, yeah. Didn't he tell Gon and Kilua to... If they tagged him yeah. or something. Yeah, and just how he was... Again, yeah, he's he's a really powerful and intelligent character in hunter hunter but i think it was those kinds of moments that made me think of creed where he's just being a goofy old man well i ended up picking and you're gonna think this is kind of out there but i ended up picking yoshikage kira from jojo's bizarre adventure (laughs) part three (laughs) diamond is unbreakable because again you have to explain my yeah my approach is like do they give off the same energy and creed is fucking creepy at times and Kira is <laughs> yeah. fucking creepy all yeah. the time. <laughs> like the, the Halloween episode 
where he came in with the the bloody suit. Yeah. It was like very convenient that it was Halloween. And they're both criminals, so. <laughs> yeah, you find that out. I don't know, yeah, you find that out throughout the course of the show. Yeah, you Creed, like, he gives these subtle hints at, like, what he is actually up to outside of the office. And that's kind of the way Kira is as well. I mean, light spoilers for JoJo, Kira's a villain character, so he's not, you know, righteous by any means. He does questionable things, and that's exactly how Creed behaves too. But Kira is not in your face about it, and neither is Creed. They're both trying to hide what they actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what they're actually is, up to. This is making more sense now. <laughs> and I know Kira isn't Creed's age. I'm pretty sure Kira's in his 30s, right? Yeah, Isn't I that what he says the, in his speech? Yeah, <laughs> and I think on the show, Creed's in his like 70s. Yeah, so they're different in that way, but the energy they give off, their behaviors, and their their questionability, how questionable they are, is uh, spot on, I think, between these two. So I would cast Kira as Creed's role and maybe use some makeup to make him look older. If you mixed Netro with Kira. There you go. Then you get Creed. <laughs> Next, we have our customer service representative, and that is Kelly Kapoor. <laughs> I thought of one person immediately uh, when trying to cast Kelly, and it's a character from Rent-A-Girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> I picked Ruka. You picked Ruka? Okay, I can kind of <laughs> see that. Just because of, like, I'm, I was looking at Kelly's relationship with Ryan, which is obviously the most volatile relationship in the show. And, you know, just because of how much she always goes back to Ryan, even though he mistreats her, that just made me think of Ruka and Kazuya and how clingy she is with, with Kazuya. Yeah, I completely, <laughs> completely agree. And that's the exact approach I had for Kelly. And that's why I ended up casting Misa Amane from Death Note. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's also a, a volatile relationship. Yeah, because <laughs> Kelly ha Kelly's like that airhead character. She's she's just like ditzy and stupid oftentimes. And like you said, easily manipulated by Ryan. And even though she tries to break away from that relationship, she keeps coming back. I feel like those are all the points with Misa. Like, Kelly can be useful at times, and I feel like Misa can be useful um, through a good chunk of, of Death Note. So I would say Misa Amane would be a good cast for Kelly. I did have a, an alternative, if I can share Ooh, that. Let's hear it. So you might be less familiar with this because you haven't watched this anime, but I would say another, uh, another ca anime character that you could cast for Kelly is Lum from Urusei Yatsura, which is mm. she's the main character from that show. Okay. And the idea between about the idea behind her relationship with Ataru is that he is not interested in her. He tries to like run away from her oftentimes, but she's like so uh, compelled and driven to be with him, and says that they're going to get married. And no matter what Ataru does or Motoboshi, whatever whichever you you call him. Um, Whatever he, he does, she gets mad about, but ultimately stays with him. So I feel like that aspect of Kelly, <laughs> when it comes to Ryan, is a perfect match. Man, I know we're only two characters in, but it's crazy how yeah, like these characters can easily fit into an anime if they made an anime version of The Office, because they seem to be touching upon like the, the the character tropes and character types. Yeah, like the the character archetypes that you see in anime definitely were some of the motivation behind what I was picking for some of these people. Like uh, the next one on the list, I feel is that very timid 
character in anime. <laughs> Timid. And are you referring to Toby Flenderson? I am. The human resources <laughs> representative for Dunder Mifflin Scranton. See, this was kind of this was kind of hard. That's what she said. Uh, <laughs> because I, I was trying to think who's the most dull and boring character that I've seen in an anime. And then it clicked because we had seen a show last year that was dull and boring, <laughs> at least for, to my standards. And that was Aharan is Indecipherable. So I went with Raido. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Aharan. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, they're both the same fucking character. Yeah, they, so. <laughs> they both have, Toby and Raido have the personality of a piece of cardboard. Oh, uh, I meant like Aharan and Raido I mean, yeah, are like the yeah, same I guess, fucking character. <laughs> yeah, you could switch between Raido and Aharan and yeah, they would, they would both be the Toby equivalent in the anime world. Um, so yeah, I was just more so thinking of Toby as like, who's really dull? I didn't really think of him as... <laughs> The, the the struggling writer who's had to go through like a a, a messy divorce. Um, maybe there's an anime character somewhere. I don't know if that's what you had decided when trying to cast Toby based on those facts about him. No, not at all. I I was thinking about Toby in the sense that he tries to keep it keep to himself. He can be a little more timid, um, and he gets kind of shit on all the time. And it's just kind of struggling to to survive day to day. But I still couldn't think of a really good character. So mm. with Toby, I was trying to think, like, who is someone that is very dull? But when I kept thinking about dull characters, I kept thinking about lazy characters. And he's not a lazy character. So mm -hmm. I ended up with, and this is this is a stretch, but this is the, the only thing I could think of is Sumi from Rent-A-Girlfriend. <laughs> really? Okay. Other than like the, her extreme shyness, because he's not really like that. The timidness, trying to keep to herself, trying not to engage with others. I was trying to think like who gets yelled at a lot in anime, but there was not like a timid <laughs> character that gets yelled at that I could think of. Now, I, as I'm saying this, I'm sure like in a day or two, I'll suddenly think of a character who'd be a perfect fit for Toby. But as of right now, I would cast Sumi in that role. Okay. Uh, okay. We're going to come back to that in a bit. But okay. <laughs> yeah. I was also trying to think of the the small or the minor character in My Hero, the guy who was announcing one of the exams who had a really droning voice. Oh, was who's really, like about to fall asleep the whole time? Yeah. And it was like, I, I, I don't want to be here. He was just so self-deprecating. I was thinking you were going to say the one classmate from 1A who can control the animals. The uh, one whose face looks like a mountain. Yeah, I forgot. Or like a his, rock. His name. I don't know his name, but you know which character I'm talking about, right? Like he's yeah. very timid and like kind of keeps to himself. See, I don't I don't see Toby as timid. I just, I just think that he, it's hard. Because I think he, it's only Michael that really tramples on him a lot. That's true. But I feel like when he tries to interact with other people, he's like squirrely about it. Oh, yeah. Maybe squirrely is a better word. <laughs> squirrely. <laughs> well, moving on to one of the salesmen for Dunder Mifflin, we have Phyllis Lappin Vance. And this is interesting because I used Sumi from Rent-A-Girlfriend for Phyllis for the exact same reasons as Toby, which is that I feel like Phyllis is very timid and just unable to speak her mind 
much as like Sumi is when she first starts going on dates with with Kazuya. Because I thinking of Phyllis in the first yeah see first two seasons basically. It's always Angela who's barking at her or putting her down. <laughs> and, you know, Phyllis speaks with that really, really kind of squirrely voice. Uh, and it, I don't think it's until after she marries Bob Vance um, when she starts to open up a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say that at some point she does become, I wouldn't say more open, but she comes becomes a little more underhanded. She kind of gets like, um, oh, how do I describe this? Like, she kind of has like some sass to her mm-hmm. at, at a certain point when her character starts to develop a little bit more. But when it came to Phyllis and, and me thinking in the same time frame as you, like the earlier seasons, I thought of somebody who is like warm and friendly and like kind of motherly. I was trying to find like a motherly older character but I couldn't find any. They were either like really hot MILF ones or like really <laughs> well, old ladies know, like Yubaba. Phyllis from, has got it going. <laughs> like Yubaba from, uh, what the fuck, uh, Spirited Away, yeah. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I was like torn between those two categories. But then I ended up finding one character who I thought might be a good fit. And that's Melody from Hunter Hunter. The one that Kurapika like works with during the phantom troop arc yeah they yeah they give off the same energy yeah like melody is very timid um kind of keeps to herself very quiet in in her in the way that she speaks but she's still very capable and and is happy to help other people and wants to make other people happy and that's kind of what phyllis is like as well like i think about when um she makes the oven mitt gift during the one of the christmas episodes Mm -hmm. like she just really wants to make somebody happy and give somebody something that she made herself even if michael hates it i felt bad during that episode (laughs) so i feel like that's the kind of energy that melody gives off I did have an alternative, though. Mm. And this is purely based off of mom energy. It's okay. Bruno Bucciarotti. <laughs> I can't even say it. It's Bruno Bucciarotti what? from JoJo Part 5. <laughs> okay. purely, purely for the mom mm-hmm. energy part. That's it. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah. neither of them are moms technically, mm-hmm. but they give off that mom energy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to picture... Phyllis in Bucciarati's like get up. <laughs> or Bucciarati in Phyllis's get up. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we have one of the members of the accounting department for Dunder Mifflin Scranton, and that is Oscar Martinez. Um, this one was difficult as well for me because uh, I was thinking of Oscar thinking that he's like the smartest person in the room i think they call him actually in a later season because he always has to butt in and correct people yeah or state a fact about something yeah um so thinking of that aspect where he has to be the most intelligent person or or being in the office or in any situation i looked to meroem from hunter hunter Really? Yeah, which is... I'm not trying to think that one through. (laughs) Well, basically, because I think Meruem acts like he's hot shit. And he always has that, like, one-upsmanship against anyone. Especially when he's playing games against people um, in the Chimera Ant arc. Um, Like, trying to... I know he's, like, trying to find a challenge, 
But then I also see it at the same time as him feeling like he needs to prove that he's the smartest person. Okay. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> what did you think of with Oscar? Well, I have to say the accounting department, those are my favorite characters in the <laughs> office. Oscar, Kevin, and Angela. I love them so much. I think they're they're so underrated. Like mama mama bear, papa bear, baby bear. Yeah. <laughs> they they have some of the best lines of dialogue, some of the best quips and some of the best story beats. So, I I love the three of them. I think they're great. But for Oscar in particular, I came at it from the same thought process that it's he's a person who among the members of the office is intelligent and is actually pretty reasonable (laughs) like he's a reasonable individual Mm -hmm. i think back to when jim and pam are um out of the office and oscar is kind of like the last sane person to try and keep (laughs) everything together (laughs) so because of that I picked Jet Black from Cowboy Bebop because Jet is also very intelligent. He's a calm personality, and he's just trying to keep shit together on the Bebop. Okay. Yeah, I can see how how Jet fits. I'm sure there's other characters, anime characters out there that fit that same sort of description, but Jet to me is always going to be the OG who... You know, just had to try and reel in everybody. He had quite a quite his hands full. He had his hands quite full. Um, had, yeah. <laughs> wait, how do I don't know what I just said. Anyway, actually, <laughs> <laughs> he basically had a lot going on in the bebop with the other members of the crew. So that's how I envision Oscar kind of handling the office. Since we're in the accounting department, we'll go ahead with the head of accounting herself, which is Angela Martin. Um, for Angela, I think, I, I forget like what dare type she kind of was. Sundere. Like the, is she's <laughs> the Sundere of the office. Okay, yeah. <laughs> she's really, angry. Yeah, really hot-headed. Straight-laced. Um, straight-laced, overtly religious, um, <laughs> judgmental of others. Um, so, I mean, I don't... But has her own dark secrets. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, trying to think of like overzealous characters or I guess those that fit within the Sundere type. I I know I've only watched one season of the show, but I would cast Kaguya Shinomiya as Angela Martin from Kaguya-sama Love is War, especially because they dub her in the show as the Ice Princess. And, you know, like people are like they're they walk on eggshells around Kaguya and she's like this very prim, very proper character. And I think that's how Angela likes to present herself, too. Um, even though, you know, she gets really frisky with Dwight and <laughs> all the skeletons come out of the closet after that. Uh, but yeah, I went with Kaguya for Angela. I can see that. I've only seen three episodes of Kaguya. Please don't roast me for that. Um, but I, what I gathered about Kaguya in those three episodes, I could definitely see that being Angela. I, however picked Annie Leonhart from Attack on Titan <laughs> because she is a straight-laced bitch and has a lot of dark secrets, not, none that I'll spoil, but um, I mean, every character in Attack on yeah, Titan has their dark they're secrets. They're both blonde. Yeah, they're both blonde and they're both angry Sunday characters. <laughs> so I feel like that would be a really good fit for Angela. Although I don't know if Angela um, would be good in a fight like Annie is. No, she'll just take you to <laughs> she'll take you to small claims court. There you go. <laughs> I had an alternative for Angela. If I may throw this one out here, I would also cast Bakugo from My Hero Academia. Really? Yes, the spiky blonde-haired like, yeah. Bakugo. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can't see Angelo being that angry, but... True. I think Bakugo is way more Sundaray than Angela is, but they have that same energy of like, no matter how, no, no matter who or how hard you try to get like Angela or Bakugo to warm up to you, they're always going to have that Sundaray facade. Because mm-hmm. even Pam, when she, when she tries to be nice to Angela, Angela still has to be a bitch. Like even if she's being nice back, she still has to be a bitch about it. Oh, yeah. But now I'm I'm picturing if Bakugo were the head of the party planning committee. <laughs> or extremely <laughs> religious. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the person in the office in charge of supplier relations, we have Meredith Palmer. Uh, this one was hard as well. That's what she said. I agree. Um, this one was really tough. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to think of basically a really wild card um, who I guess you could consider like a party animal, sleeps around like way too much, talks about <laughs> their sex life a lot. Drunkard. Yeah, but I, I just went more with the drunkard aspect of Meredith. And I actually picked a character from a show last year um, that seems to be the talk of the anime town, uh, that show being Bochi the Rock. And I picked the, the, the bassist from one of the bands that... Like Bochi's group looks up to it. Her name was Kikori Hiroi. Oh, it, not like a member of that band. So I was like, isn't this yeah. show set in high school? No, yeah. Who's getting drunk in high school? <laughs> no, it was somewhat. It was one of the characters who I guess was almost like a, a mentor to Bochi. But she would, before her performances, she would I think drink a lot of booze or sake, uh, just to have the energy for the performance um so yeah it was just mostly who gives off great drunk energy like meredith and i went with kikori i also had the same approach um going from the angle of a drunkard i was trying to think like who's a really trashy anime character but i think going the drunkard route gave me better results (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i went with aqua from konosuba who hmm. is memed to death as being useless. Useless Aqua. She's stupid. She's useless. And she drinks a lot. There's many scenes, not many, I think there's a couple of scenes in Konosuba where she's drinking and then like puking rainbows in like the back alleyways. So she gets that level of drunk. So I thought she'd be a perfect fit for Meredith, who is also drunk and useless. I just looked, I don't, I didn't watch Konosuba, but I looked up Aqua. On Google Images, there's one. I don't know if this is fan art. Um, just one picture of her holding a wine bottle. So. No, I think. Well, I don't. I can't see what it looks like right now. But there is a scene where she drinks out of wine bottles. Oh, okay. Here I can send. You can send, or you can tell me how accurate this is. That is fan art. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, well. that that is fan art. But there is an actual scene where I believe she's w- drinking out of a wine bottle. <laughs> okay. Is she also talking about her treasures, her valuables? <laughs> I mean, she really wants to make things work, I guess, on the team. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Aqua. If you've seen Konosuba and you know the struggles um, uh, that Kazuma has with Aqua, I think that would make her a great fit for Meredith. All right, going back to the accounting department, we have the last member of accounting, probably the lowest performing member in accounting, and that probably is... Probably in the office, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is Kevin Malone, Kevin and his famous chili. Um, this one, 
I actually, <laughs> I went with two characters. Because um, I was thinking more so, like, one is kind of based on, <laughs> I guess, similar size. Because, uh, you know, Kevin's a pretty big guy. Um, so I went with Snorlax from Pokemon. I was going to go with Snorlax too, but I didn't end up writing really? it down. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, because... You know, they, I guess Snorlax is more so like more attuned to sleeping, but you know, they're, they're two characters of, of great magnitude. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but in terms of like idiotic character, um, as you know, Kevin, he makes up his own number called Kalevin because was it something plus a Kalevin gets you home by seven. Um, and it's weird because in the, first season kevin doesn't come off as, as dumb but i think as he just comes off as like slow yeah but then as as the seasons progress you see that uh it's it's a bit of a struggle for him to work his job at the office but in terms of like dumb characters i went with okuyasu I also went with Okuyasu <laughs> from, from JoJo's yeah. JoJo Part Four. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good fit because Okuyasu, no matter how strong his abilities may be, he's fucking dumb. But I'll say, like Okuyasu, he has the potential, right? Because he ha- his stand is the hand, and that's a pretty powerful stand. And I, I think it's the same case with Kevin. I think his talents are just not being used in the right way. I also think Okuyasu is a good fit because of the food episode. I don't want to spoil anything. It's a fantastic episode, uh, but there's yeah. a food-based episode in JoJo Part 4. And yeah, I think that's a good fit for Okuyasu. But I do have an alternative. And that one's also a combo of like intelligence level and food. And that would be Sasha Browse from Attack on Titan. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Because she's dumb. I mean, she's capable, but she's really dumb. Like, really dumb. Like, of the Survey Corps, I think she's one of... She's known as, like, one of the dumbest characters. And she is absolutely obsessed with food. Her driving factor, her mm-hmm. biggest motivator in life is being able to eat. Yeah. Potato girl, as she was first known. <laughs> good old potato girl. Going back to the sales department, we have one of the... I was gonna say I don't know if sloggiest is a word. Sloth, slothiest. Sloth, yeah. Okay, that's that's a better description. Yeah, one of the <laughs> slothiest, <laughs> the slothiest people in the office besides Kevin, and that's Stanley Hudson. Uh, this one, I I was more pinpointing Stanley's sort of cynical, misanthropic personality, uh, but I think this character kind of fits Stanley to a T in anime. And I went with Otokawa from Odd Taxi. Oh, yeah. Otokawa, okay. the the walrus taxi driver, the the protagonist of Odd Taxi, because yeah, <laughs> Stanley doesn't seem to enjoy anyone's company, and like he's stuck with his crosswords. Much like how Otokawa, he doesn't like he strikes up conversations with his passengers and his taxi, but I think he just wants to just drive his damn taxi around. I agree. Stanley is like the epitome of that employee who just wants to get their work done. Like they, they go to work to do their work. They don't want to be bothered by anybody. They don't want to be um, invited to like office parties. They don't want to socialize. They just want to get their work done and go home. 
Or be there for pretzel day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I went with kind of the same thought process, like the um, the slothy nature of Stanley, but still being a very smart character. Like he's one of the best salesmen, I think, on um, on that team. And so it's not like he's dumb by any means. He just doesn't want to deal with people. Mm-hmm. I felt like Aizawa, a.k.a. Eraserhead, from My Hero Academia oh. was a good fit because yeah. he's a very capable person. He's class one A's teacher, so he does his job, but he doesn't do it enthusi- enthusiastically. In fact, he's like in a sleeping bag half the time in the <laughs> earlier seasons. Yeah, that fits because Stanley also likes to take naps throughout it, throughout the workday. Yeah, I would definitely say, though, it's it's going to be Eraserhead from like seasons one through three mm-hmm. of My Hero because not, not going to spoil anything, but his character kind of like evolves a little bit as my hero goes on less of like the tropey slothiness so i would say the earlier eraser head or aizawa would be a good fit for stanley yeah i guess aizawa becomes more developed as my hero progresses where <laughs> stanley's goal is is just to retire <laughs> by the end of the <laughs> series moving on to another salesman in the office we have andy bernard the nard dog Root-a-do-do-do. With Andy, he was kind of a dick when he was introduced in season three. And I'm not going to really spoil anything for the rest of the series, but I will say his character development, it goes up and down a lot throughout The Office, which is kind of disappointing because I think he turned out for the better in the later seasons, and then stuff happens where he's like, this isn't the Andy that I like. But... I guess thinking to his first appearance in the show, uh, Andy is kind of full of himself, pompous, kind of a narcissist. Um, and, you know, he acts as a, as a, a sort of yes man to, to Michael and in his quest to have more power in the office. Uh, but so I went with, in, in terms of that kind of narcissism, I went with a character who represents narcissism in the show Call Me Can't Communicate, and that's with the student Naruse Shisto. That's that guy that shows up in, like, season two? Yeah, who thinks he's he's the main character of the show. And, and has his own he, theme song. <laughs> yeah, thinks he's the shit. Uh, I think he gives off the same energy as Andy. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I... I kind of took a different approach to Andy, though, where I focused more on what he's like in like the when you think of Andy, like you think after he moves to Michael's team, not really a spoiler, I guess. But, you know, it's like there's like this the shift that happens where he becomes less of a narcissist Mm -hmm. and becomes more of like. The, the guy who's just trying to make friends with everybody and sucks at his job but is trying his best, but he's also really annoying at times. But people don't necessarily hate him. They just wish he would, you know, be less annoying. I don't know. So I my pick is kind of like a combo of his first introduction with, like, the Andy that we typically think of when we think Andy from The Office. Mm. And I went with <laughs> – I don't know if you're going to agree with me. I went with Leorio from Hunter Hunter. Because Leodio also has those narcissistic tendencies when he's mm. first introduced. 
and when he first meets up when he first meets Gon and Kilua. But then as time goes on, you realize like he's a really nice guy. He's just kind of mm. dumb. And he's probably the least capable of the Hunter Hunter, you know, main characters. But he still tries his hardest. And yeah. that's kind of what Andy is okay. like too. Like he sucks. He's co- consistently the lowest selling salesman, but he tries his hardest and he's genuine about wanting to be there. Mm-hmm. I can see how Leorio Leo kind of fits into Andy's later personality. Uh, it was hard trying to think of a character who is in tune with like the musical aspect of Andy's personality. Yeah, I was thinking about the music piece of it too, but then every music-based character I thought of is, is either like really into the music and that's all they're about or that's like very dramatic like there's a lot of drama Mm -hmm. (laughs) for some reason music anime tends to be very dramatic moving on to the temp who also has a a really strange character trajectory in the office uh that is ryan howard Uh, for ryan i kind of reflected on his transition between season three to season four where he has this really douchey personality um, can also feel or can also be very overconfident and impulsive Uh, and i i had like a bit of trouble because i thought of a couple different characters for ryan but thinking i was looking through my malice at all the shows that i've watched and then i came upon code geass and I oh remember, my god! I know where you're going with this. Yeah, I, I remember the character from that show, who also had like that douchey personality and thought he was the shit, um, and that's Jeremiah, which is funny <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, they they both go by a nickname that they loathe, which is Orange, and with Ryan, it's Fire Guy, and in a way, they both suffer through a kind of demotion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Without spoiling anything, I'm thinking through it. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it's like Jeremiah was a perfect cast for Ryan. When I thought about Ryan, I thought about him maybe towards like, not the later seasons, but I would say like like his like personality after kind of evolves a little bit because Ryan is known to do a lot of scheming. Like, Ryan's mm-hmm. known for, like, two things, I think. It's how he treats Kelly and his relationship <laughs> with Kelly and also how he's constantly scheming in the office. So my first – I have two picks for him. Uh, my first pick is uh, Moroboshi Ataru from Urusei Yatsura, which I talked about Lum being a potential option for Kelly, and that's because Moroboshi literally behaves the way Ryan behaves towards Kelly – where mm. like he, you can tell like he wants her around, but he doesn't want people knowing that they're like a thing. And he's constantly chasing after other women and tries to like, you know, get rid of Lum and brush her off and all this stuff. So I feel like that's a, a big part of Ryan. But then as far as like the scheming aspect goes, I ended up picking a more obscure character, um, but one that comes from an anime that we watched somewhat recently. And that's Isaac Dion from Bacano. Do you remember Isaac and Miria? Oh. that couple who would like they basically were constantly scheming to try and get rich quick and all yeah. that but isaac was like the one always coming up with the plans and then miria <laughs> was really stupid and ditzy so i feel oh, like if, she could have been kelly yeah but, if ryan mm-hmm. is isaac then kelly is miria i feel wow. like that's a great 
couples cast for the two of them. Okay. Yeah, I was considering looking at Bacchano for characters, but like that show was kind of a, a, a bit of a blur for me. It was a whirlwind, but, that's yeah, for sure. But no, I, I clearly remember Isaac and Myriad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how much yeah, Isaac reflects on Ryan's personality traits. And now moving into the final four characters for The Office, whom you could consider the main starring cast of The Office, we'll start with the receptionist at Dunder Mifflin Scranton, and that is Pam Beasley. Pamola. <laughs> um, with with Pam, in the first three seasons, obviously she's she's very shy. It's hard for her to to speak her mind. But I feel like as the seasons progress, um, she starts to come out of her shell and be a little bit more, not outspoken, but, you know, letting people know what's on her mind. And I thought of one person for this, and that is my number one waifu, Shoko Komi from Komi Can't Communicate. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, Mm. definitely early Pam for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Although, you know, I think Pam has gone light years further than Comey in in communicating. But I think they have that similar trajectory, um, especially when it comes to their romantic interests. And that's kind of a hint to uh, an anime character that I casted for another character on The Office. Well, I have two. Um, I feel like one represents early Pam and one represents mid Pam, mid, 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 <laughs> mid Pam. show Pam. <laughs> um, so I would say my top pick for Pam is your forger from spy family. Mm, okay. Which is also because of the relationship aspect with her and Jim. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking you said your and Jim, but no, Pam, Pam and Jim. Did I say your and Jim? Wait, what? Pam, okay, wait. <laughs> I'm picking your because she's very like timid and like nervous in the beginning. Like, do I really have a place here? But then also, again, the relationship aspect because you got like your and Lloyd. Because I was kind of thinking like the biggest thing that people think of when they think Pam is like Jim and Pam. Mm-hmm. So that's what one of my motivations was. But then I also thought another good character could be Uraraka Ochako from My Hero because yeah. like she's. I don't know, like, how, how do I describe this? She's not as timid per se, but she's just trying to, like, do the right thing and just trying to mm-hmm. be good at what she does. And that's kind of Pam's thing, too. Like, she's just trying to be good at what she does, trying to find, like, where her niche is and just excel at that. And I feel like that's kind of what Uraraka does for a large part of My Hero. Also, she's kind of flustered with her feelings for another character uh, on My Hero, much like Pam yeah. Um, has that conflict with her feelings for Jim in the first couple seasons. Um, I would say o- Ochako or Uraraka is a, seems to be a better fit in in my eyes than yours because I'm, I'm thinking of yours like assassin skill set. Yeah. <laughs> See, this, this Pam, like, well, Pam has her art skills. I, know, I was going to say that could be deadly, her, but... her, her skill set that's like not a secret, I guess, but, mm-hmm. you know, like her... Her forte, her forte, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like you're with um, her assassin stuff. So yeah, that's those are my two picks for Pam. I actually had a really hard time thinking of somebody for Pam. I was thinking like, who are the lovable waifu, like um, not waifu in like the sexy way, but like really cute waifu characters in anime. 
but a lot of them just like didn't quite match that Pam energy besides these two. And of course, you can't have Pam without one of the salesmen of the office, uh, Jim Halpert, Big Tuna. As I alluded to earlier, um, I, I kind of just went with who as an anime character would pair well with the anime character that I chose for Pam. And so in, in that vein, I had to go with my stumpy boy, Tadano Hitohito from Komi Can't Communicate. Just because I think he and Jim are both good people at heart. Um, I, I wouldn't say there's nothing really outstanding about Jim, especially if you, you go back to his first talking head where he's like droning about what he does as a salesman, like like selling paper and quantities of paper. Um, so, but like, like, you know, that outside of that, like outside of him being an employee of Dunder Mifflin, that he just has a good heart. And I think both of them in a way, like more so with Jim, but you can kind of see in a way with Tadano that they're trying to win the girl that they've developed a, a connection with. And I would also say for their respective shows, they're very level-headed compared to other characters um, in their environments, especially like like thinking of Tadano, kind of his banter with Najimi. I, I feel like it's almost like Jim's banter with Michael where he they kind of have to course correct them on their behavior or they have like very sarcastic responses to the things that Michael or Najimi says. Yeah, I could see that. At first I wasn't sure where you were going with Tadano, but when you explained like the the Comey aspect of it and the Najimi aspect, I think that makes perfect sense um for Jim cuz I I I approached Jim in more of his like like seemingly apathetic manner, like his behavior. So like he tries to act like he doesn't care, but he does. Mm. He, you know, he's trying to play coy all the time. But then also like his confidence level, like he he's a pretty confident character, mm-hmm. which is where I kind of got tripped up with Tadano. But then again, when you explained everything like that, certainly that does definitely make sense. So for me, I have two picks, okay. but I would say my first pick would probably be probably be Lloyd Forger because I know it's like Jim and Pam Lloyd and, and your um, mm-hmm. that that pair matches really well together and Jim is probably one of the most capable people in the office kind of like how Lloyd is the most capable person of his little spy family mm-hmm. um, he's there to help keep things in check um, and help keep everyone from like you know, destroying everything. <laughs> so I feel like that's why that would be a good fit for Lloyd. Or sorry, that would be a good fit for Jim. Lloyd and his relationship with Yor kind of reminds me of early days, Jim and Pam. Okay. Except romance, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although Jim and Pam weren't together because Pam was with Roy. But yeah. Uh, but in spite But there family, were like romantic like, feelings there. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. yet to be seen in Spy Family. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other pick that I have does play into more of Jim's like Jim's personality toward everyone else in the office. Cause I think he's got one personality towards Pam. He's got another personality mm. towards everyone else in the office. And this would be the personality towards everyone else. And that's Spike Spiegel overly confident, <laughs> tries to act apathetic, tries to act like he doesn't care mm. about other people, but really deep down he does. He just doesn't want to admit it, which then makes me think, is Pam Julia. And I'd be like, fuck no. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's at least 
a romantic part of Spike's story. Well, that's a really interesting pick. Uh, but it makes sense. Um, like, I wouldn't call Jim as cool as Spike, mm -hmm. but there's personality traits. They give off that, that same energy. Yeah. Right? Like, they don't want to be attached to anybody, or at least they don't want to act like they are, and they have, like, the most confidence of everyone around them. Okay. That makes sense. Next, we have our second-to-last character for The Office. Uh, it's the assistant regional manager or sorry the assistant to the regional manager <laughs> i think the number one performing salesman for dunder mifflin scranton that is of course dwight schrute um I, I went with someone who is is kind of by the books and then i realized that my pick is also a character that wears glasses in this show and so i i went with a character from my hero academia um a member of class 1a that's Tenya, Ida. I also had Ida. <laughs> I had three characters, and Ida was one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's clear like Ida is the the class representative, so he wants to to keep things in order, especially using his arm motions. Much like Dwight tries to act as Michael's second in the office and keeping everyone in check, or like the the fire drill episode. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> one of the more popular or more notable episodes of the office um, and also just thinking of ida like almost not living in his brother's shadow uh, but aspiring to be <laughs> like his brother in in becoming a pro hero i guess you could call that similar in in dwight's journey as to how he looks at michael with respect and how he hopes to one day attain the role of regional manager uh, i think in that sense their, their journeys are similar although i don't think like michael is as capable as ida's brother is in my hero yeah i i thought about ida in the same aspects like just that straight laced character who um is like overbearing among either the office or among class 1a um, and I thought Ito was just like a, a really, he, he gave off like that Dwight energy, like thinking that he's in charge, even if he may not be in charge. But when I looked at Dwight, I, I looked at it both with that, uh, through that lens of the straight laced character, but also through the lens of his undying loyalty to Michael, mm -hmm. to his, his boss, his superior, his supervisor. So I actually went with Alciel from the Devil's a Part Timer, because Alciel is undyingly loyal to oh, Mao. That's a good one, <laughs> and is like his right hand man, and is extremely straight laced, um, even to the point where it comes off very goofy um, or over the top, which is definitely how Dwight is when he mm -hmm. is being very straight laced. So I thought, I think his Japanese name is Ashia, but Alciel is what yeah. usually what I call him. Um, I thought Alciel was a, a really good fit. <laughs> I think it's that right-hand man aspect that kind of sold it for me. Yeah, and the way that he snaps at Urushihara for not picking up his slack. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like how Dwight much... snaps at Jim. <laughs> yeah, or just how he treats everyone else in the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the I have one more because I said I had three. This one also has the same energy as like my pick uh, being my pick of all CL for Dwight and that's Genos from One Punch Man 
because he's mm. also straight laced. Okay. And he's also super dedicated to Saitama and to su- a goofy character. Yeah. Yeah. To like a, a character who's dumb as fuck, <laughs> but like ignores the fact that he's dumb as fuck because he's so loyal to him. And again, is that type of right hand man character? I would say of the three, I I'd pick Alciel as the top choice, but Genos came to mind as well. Yeah, just like Ida, because they both wear glasses. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think any of them have been pranked by a character on their respective shows, like putting a stapler in Jell-O or... Wrapping their entire desk in wrapping paper. (laughs) 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 And last but certainly not least, we have the captain of the Dunder Mifflin Scranton ship, the regional manager, Michael Scott. I only had one choice for this, and I'm really curious if you went with the same person because this is from a show that we both very much enjoy. And I was reflecting more on Michael as this very goofy and aloof character, but one that can also be serious and competent when he needs to be. And so I went with a character from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 2, Battle Tendency, which is Joseph Joestar. Oh, okay. I did not think of Joseph, but that is a really good pick. Yeah, imagine Joseph Joestar as a regional manager. I mean, he's kind of the, the patriarch of the Joestar family, and so they're both in these like leadership roles, but sometimes you have to question their leadership because they've both done questionable things, <laughs> Joseph especially. Yeah, I, I think that's a good fit because I, I like what you what you mentioned about like these characters being goofy but can be serious when needed. I think one thing that is overlooked often about Michael is as stupid as he is and is like, you know, like ignorant as he can be sometimes, he's mm-hmm. actually a really good salesman. That's why yeah. he stays through as long as he does because mm-hmm. they have those moments, those scenes in the office where they show that he's actually probably one of the best salesmen out there. So mm-hmm. he's very good at his job. And as a manager, he does genuinely care about the people that he oversees. So it's not like he's just like a terrible manager all around. But, you know, I, I think he's got redeeming qualities about him. And that's kind of what I was thinking about when I picked um, my choice. Plus, I have two alternatives. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to comment on that more. Like, you have to think, like, why is the show the office following this guy or why does michael have this job but i think it's funny because it's only i think michael is only acting the way he does because there's a camera on him he enjoys theater right but yeah like <laughs> you have to there are plenty of moments in the show where you like you said realize that michael is at the level he's at because he is competent in his job and even david wallace like asks him about this <laughs> in a, a really funny uh, a meeting they have in a later season. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I was going to say like you, you only see the, the goofy aspects of Joseph, but then like you also see him facing off against like worldly level threats. And he's undyingly loyal to his family mm, and the yeah. friends that he considers family. And that's kind of how Michael is too. <laughs> like, are my friends and I care about yeah. them. <laughs> He'll do whatever it takes to to... I guess, be there for the members of the office. Plus, you can say they've been in kind of rocky relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I said, I have three picks from Michael, but I'll I'll share my number one choice for him. 
And I would have to say, <laughs> I want to know what you think of this. I would have to say Reagan Arataka from Mob Psycho 100. What? Because Reagan, I I think, I don't it's know, like they have, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a con <laughs> man, but they have that same energy where they're into the theatrics. They're into, you know, making people believe that they're more than what they actually are at the end of the day. They can mm. be a bit conceited um, and have big egos, but Reagan and Michael both really care about the employees that they have. You think about Reagan's relationship with Mob. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that is huge. Like that's such an important relationship. And while he would never say it outright, Reagan, you know, cares about Mob in the same way that Michael cares about everyone in the office. And yeah, Michael does say it at times that he does care about everyone, but there are often times where Michael won't say it. Right? What's that one episode at the career fair where oh, he makes Pam mad and when she walks away, she's he's like, like something about the hottest one in the office. Yeah, and so it makes her mad and she walks away and when she's when she leaves, he's like, I would never say this to her face, but she's a wonderful person and a gifted artist. And Oscar's like, Why wouldn't you say that to her face? <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the kind of vibe that I get with Reagan and Michael. But the difference is that Michael is actually good at his job versus Reagan who's a straight up con artist. <laughs> Well, you'd say like Reagan's good at being a con artist. There you go. Yeah, he is good at that. <laughs> the other two I picked um, are more around the the character, the anime character being goofy on the surface, but being really good at their job. Like when they get when they get serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one is Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen, <laughs> because he acts like he doesn't care. He acts aloof. He's super mm-hmm. goofy, but the second he gets serious. It, uh, all bets are off. The Mike, other one... Michael opening up a, a, a domain. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> uh, the other one goes with Dwight being Genos from One Punch Man. I would then say that Michael could be Saitama. <laughs> or Saitama from One Punch Man could be a good cast for Michael. Uh, that's, um, now I'm imagining Michael having the, the OP power of punching. Well, <laughs> One Punch. So yeah, I think all of those would be great options um, but I would say my number one pick of those is still Reagan. I think all these are really good, though. I, I'm surprised by our picks. We had very little overlap. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone that we chose, every anime character that we chose for these respective office characters would definitely work. Yeah, I'd like to see <laughs> for any of the talented artists listening, if they could put a picture of <laughs> of the characters that we chose in as their respective roles in the office and just how wild that picture would, would look. I think the only pick that is questionable is probably mine for Toby, Sumi from Rent-A-Girlfriend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one was a stretch, I'll admit. Like that one, I was really digging deep to try and find someone who would match Toby. But if any of you guys listening have a really good anime character that you could cast as Toby Flunderson or any anime character that you could cast for any of these characters from The Office, let us know. I We would both love to hear what you guys think, um, who you think would be really good in each of these roles. Because there's so many characters out there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I I personally missed a ton. Like I, like I said earlier, I'm going to think about this in like two or three days. And I'm going to be like, oh, shit, that person would have been great for Meredith. Or, oh, shit, that person would have been great for Ryan. And mm-hmm. then I'll, I'll be sad that I didn't mention it on the episode. <laughs> or... You could try to cast the anime equivalents of characters that we didn't mention from The Office. Um, there were some that we had fortunately had to omit, but you know, characters like Aaron or Daryl or Jan, 
actually had some for Aaron and Daryl, but yeah, just just let us know who you'd pick, and we'd we'd love to hear it. This was a really fun episode. We should try to do other ones for shows that we've watched. Yeah, if you guys like this this kind of format where we mesh anime with non-anime media, let us know. Maybe we could do one on SpongeBob. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. another. That's like the show that like brought us Even together. Though SpongeBob has been kind of animefied in certain ways. Yeah, it has. <laughs> There's some really good anime versions of SpongeBob out there on YouTube. But yeah, let us know. You can reach out to us. Uh, via social media, uh, Instagram at the Strictly Series, Twitter at Strictly Series. You can email us by going to our website, thestrictlyseries.com. Or if you're not a member of our Discord, definitely join and you can let us know in the Discord who you would pick for each of these characters. Thank you guys as always for tuning in and thank you so much for your support over the last three years. Still can't believe we've reached our three-year anniversary here at Strictly Anime and we look forward to another great year of bringing you anime content. As always, subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series, on Twitter at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. All great ways to let us know who you would cast as these office characters. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly series. And tune into Strictly JoJo, our other podcast dedicated to JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.